This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 216 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer, Jen, this week. Hi ho! Hi, Jen! Hello. How are you? Hi, Philip! How Welcome are you guys back. doing? Doing great. Excellent. Everybody's staying cool, I hope. Well, we am, well I am while we're recording the show, I guess, but, uh, and then it's back out <laughs> to the, back out to the inferno that is the arena, I guess. Yeah, this is nice when I have a cover. I have a cover on my ring. It is nice, and we can we kick all the fans on, and it's about as cool as you're going to get, but it is still hot. So everybody, watch your horses. Be careful. Um, you know, don't overdo it this week. That's what I say at this point when it's kind of like, and it's also very cold. It's You have to be careful not to overdo it, and both Horse Quencher and KPP products will help you with, with that. So, But be careful. Reese, I have a question. Are your arena fans... Um, the, those great big giant industrial floor fans, or do you have ceiling fans in your arena? We have their exhaust fans actually. So it pulls all the hot air out from the top of the ring. And, um, we actually put it in for winter time, um, to help with circulation in the ring. Mm-hmm. But I actually find they're better in the summer. So they're really, I mean, it's a, a big industrial fan would be great. They're, those are very expensive, but these are sort of exhaust fans and they pull all the hot air out. So we've been pretty, pretty good with that. So uh, no complaints there for sure. How about you, so. Philip? Do you have any fanage in your arena? Not in the, uh, in the arena. I mean, our arena is like super open. So we, I mean, you have doors on each end and, and the windows that come down. I mean, it's, we have a lot of air flow that's going through and and normally it's not as hot as it is right now i think this will probably last for a week or two and then we'll be back to what would be normal temperatures and and we won't be going crazy so what we're doing now is riding early in the morning and later in the evening yep a little bit of a break in the day in the middle of the day uh, finding time to do some paperwork and stuff so that's great oh there Uh, you go see it takes a heat wave to get dressage people to do their paperwork it does it does and it's a lot the reason it's hot, and this happens every year, is it is North American Junior and Young Rider Championships here in Kentucky, and it is always a one million degrees for those poor guys out there. So we wish them all luck, and uh, I know there's advisories all over the horse park and watering stations and all kinds of stuff. So uh, we wish them all luck and that they stay cool this week because uh, it is going to be a hot one here in Kentucky uh, it's actually been very a cool, wet summer. So, uh, of course, this week um, is when it's going to get hot. But we'll keep an ears open. And, and next week we'll talk a little bit uh, about the show. And, and we'll know we're recording a little early this week. Um, and, and because my sister is having a baby tomorrow. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, and a little girl. Yeah. She did. Yep. And so uh, little Addison is coming and hopefully in about uh, 14 years, I will be taking her to uh, Young Riders myself, but we'll, we'll see what she wants to do. So that's why we're recording a little early this week. Uh, and also with Young Riders here, it's kind of a busy week. So, um, but yeah, that's what's sort of going on in our neck of the woods this week. Philip, I heard you were fabulous at your horse show. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had a good horse show. 
Um, I don't know. I think we were talking about it at one of the earlier um, recordings about a horse that uh, was had trouble earlier in the season getting out to a show and being calm and being able to complete some tests. Uh, I had to scratch him on a couple of tests. He was not loving the show environment. And then we took him this last weekend to a show, and he was a superstar. He just totally turned it around. Different showgrounds, a little bit more space, and uh, he really loved it. He had a great time, and he won. We entered him five first-level classes, and he won four of them. So I can't complain about that at all. Yay! And I had one of my students do really great, and it was just, you know, I mean, it was hot, but it was a wonderful show weekend, and, uh, you know, they put on a great show at uh, Cornerstone Farms, and uh, it's wonderful. So I'm really happy. I'm in a good mood this week. (laughs) I know. I like it. And you met some uh, listeners. They came and said hi. Yes, Rhonda Hoth Crabtree, who uh, writes into us a lot, uh, you know, with questions and updates and stuff. We got to meet her. And uh, Vera Rubin, so sorry, Vera, about your last name. I always do it, we always say it wrong, but they write into our show a lot. And uh, and I got to meet them in person. So that was really fun. Shout out to uh, Vera and Rhonda. And, uh, you know, it was a great show, great week. And uh, I'm looking forward to our show this week because we have some great guests. I know we do. We have some really great guests. Hillary Moore Hebert, the senior editor for Dressage Today, is coming on to do her weekly, um, I'm sorry, monthly, monthly spot. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, weekly, monthly. <laughs> I want a monthly spot for Dressage Today. So she's got some great tips. I really look forward to everything she says, and and she's she's a wonderful. Glad to hear about the articles and you know what's coming up in the new new um, magazine for the month. So uh, I re- I'm really enjoying the spot. It's great to talk yeah. to. you. Me too. And we also have a listener uh, talking more about our listener participation. Doreen, Doreen Rose uh, wrote into us last fall and asked us to do a freestyle and, and talk about freestyle. So we did, and she rode and, and created and rode and did really well on her freestyle last weekend. So we wanted to get her on to tell us a little bit about the process. So that was exciting. Perfect. So before we get to the show, what was what's in the news this week, Reese? So, you know, mostly, mostly the news this week is everybody's getting ready for Young Riders and, and here in Lexington. So um, on Thursday, there's going to actually be a high-performance meeting here, uh, which will be interesting. All the coaches, Robert Dover, Debbie McDonald, Scott Hassler, and Jeremy Steinberg will be um, hosting a town hall at USEF. Um, and I will be there, so I will let you know uh, we're planning on conveniently taking the very hot afternoon off to go listening to what they have to say. So I'll have some firsthand on next week's show a little bit about on on the team. I know, I know. I'm I'm actually gonna gonna be reporting, so that'll be fun. (laughs) So that'll be that'll be fun. That's this week, and also we're gonna take some time to go over. I always like to watch the the top fifteen go at Young Riders. It's always fun to do that. So we'll we'll do that. We have some exciting news from horseshow.com. It's the proud sponsor of this summer's Paragon Dressage CDI on August 15th to 18th at Estes Park, Colorado, which will also host the 2013 USEF Dressage Seat Medal Finals presented by Dressage Today. To celebrate this event, horseshow.com offers a special opportunity for all medal finalists and equitation riders to help you perform at your best. An online clinic with FEI I and esteemed dressage seat equitation judge Janet Foy, who will provide you with an expert feedback on how to improve your scores and have the ride of your life at the finals or your next show. Best of all, the clinic is free, and every rider who submits a video will also receive a free horseshow.com dressage saddle pad. 
Riders who are planning to compete in a dressage seat equitation class at an upcoming show who are interested in learning more about these classes and trying them for themselves can simply make an and upload a five to seven minute video of an equitation performance at their home training arena. So that sounds pretty good. A free I think it sounds clinic. great. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Everybody should take, you know, it's just something you should do. You never know what she'll see or not and it's free. Come on, everybody use it. So uh, good for them for doing it and I hope everyone and does that. But after a break, uh, after this commercial break, we're going to talk with Hillary Moore Hebert from Dressage Today. She is the senior editor and she's coming on for our segment this month. So I'm looking forward to that. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, I am very excited to have Hillary Moore Hebert, Senior Editor of Dressage Today, back on the program this month. Hillary, welcome, and I am so very excited to hear the, the uh, tips from the magazine this month. Hello, and I hope you guys are staying out of the heat or at least drinking lots of water. So um, I'm excited to be back, and uh, it's nice to take a moment on the phone to be in the air conditioning so we can talk about horses where it's a little bit cooler. Exactly. Philip and I are conveniently taking several hours this afternoon. We're recording on Tuesday afternoon this week uh, because of Young Riders here in Lexington. And uh, we are conveniently in the air conditioning, and I may be in a little bit longer than um, I should yeah, be. If we, could, if we could draw this out a little bit longer. It's, yeah. it's, it's the afternoon. It's about 2.30, and it's hot as heck, even in Canada, in Canada. where people think it snows in the summer. But uh, it's not snowing. It's hot. So let's just take our time today, Hillary. Yes, exactly. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Hillary, what is our first tip of the month? Okay, well, this is really neat because August is our Baroque issue, which I think is a nod to the fact that it is the um, tradition and the foundation of our sport. And so we wanted to start it off with having an article from head trainer from Medieval Times, Mario Contreras, and he talks about how to train the Spanish walk which I think is really interesting because it's a traditional movement, but few people work it. And so I have, I don't train it. And I'm really curious to know what your experiences are with the Spanish walk, because um, I think it's sort of this, um, you know, interest. It's like the airs above the ground where it's just something that we all know about, but we may or may not work that frequently. Well, I have, uh, I have limited, also limited experience, but we just purchased a Lusitano for one of my wonderful clients. And, um, funny enough, he knows it. So when I was, when we were trying the horse, the trainer and I were playing with it a little bit. And it's, and what she said is she uses it quite a lot for, uh, teaching passage. So. Yeah, it was very interesting. Definitely a different take than I've ever done. But man, this Lusitano, he really, uh, it was great. And I mean, I was laughing. She was laughing. I think the horse was having a good time. So I think there's some merit to it and really learning what, what the basics are. How about you, Philip? That's that's kind of cool. I mean, I have very little experience with any Spanish walk or or anything like that. I mean, I wrote a half lipids on it for a while, and uh, I think everybody knows I have a Frisian stallion in the barn, and both were kind of, you know, talented in in PF passage. So I never really got into. It. I don't. I, I don't train. I haven't trained with anybody who teaches it. So it's kind of cool. I, I have heard that people use it to teach freedom in the shoulder and some expression up front. Um, so I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely read about the tip and see maybe maybe we can work it with the Frisian guy. I mean he's always willing to learn new stuff and uh and that might be really cool. Yeah, and my yeah. Oh I'm sorry, no, my black mare too, Winnie. That would be a, a really good exercise for her because that is always an issue with freedom in the shoulder. So I, I would like to as well give it a try. Well I am interested now that you said that, Reese, I'm gonna go back and look through the article and compare it to, you know, how I have worked massage to see if I just didn't notice that it's similar to some of the stuff we've done with the groundwork in hand with the horses. So that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean it's kinda well, kinda of like well, you know, you you, you you know, t- kind of tap a front leg sometimes in your passage. If you're training in hand, for sure, PF passage, right? Yeah. You tap a leg and they got to pick it up. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. teaching the Spanish walk is just an extension of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get back. We will have to to uh, revisit this in a couple months. We'll all have to give it a try. And any listeners that try it, let's try and then and let's get back and see how it helps. Yeah, everybody. let us know how it goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. So how about number two? Okay, so the next one in the tradition, again, of um, some of the classical training, um, we had the opportunity to do an article on improving your seat with both the former and chief riders at the Cardinoir in Samir, France, and the Spanish Riding School in Vienna, Austria. And I thought that this tip was awesome. Colonel Card talked about working without stirrups as one of the key ways to improve your position. And I thought he made a really good point. He said that this is not just for beginners. 
And this I thought was fascinating. He said that uh, Reiner Klimka um, often warmed up at international dressage shows without stirrups, and that in 1978, the world champions Christine Stuckelberger and Granat warmed up at the show before they became world champions on the end of a lunge line. So their trainer was lunging them in preparation for that. And I think that that um, is really interesting to think about because it is quite different from what I see at the top competitions and what you see going on with the warm-up. But I think it is such a, a important thing to consider in terms of improving your seat and, um, you know, just paying attention to that no matter what level that you're at. No, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in no stirrups. And we actually do no stirrup November. So every week I take the stirrups from all my students. Oh, yes, I do. So they, we take them away for a month. I mean, it's just about, you know, it's a dressage. It's just all about going back to basics all the time, you know, and, and never, you know, kind of getting it in your head, oh, I did no stirrups two years ago, now I'm done it. You're never done improving your basics, improving your seat and balance, and uh, it can help the horse a lot. And uh, I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. All right, so, how about number three? Okay, so speaking of the Spanish Riding School, this is a training tip and it's it, different way. So um, I don't know if you guys have heard or not, but this is really cool. They are opening their doors to outside students, which is a really historic thing for the Spanish Riding School to be doing. And I found out about this because the Dressage Foundation's uh, Heldenberg Training Center Fund is covered in our issue, and they're offering scholarships for U.S. riders to go and attend the program which uh, I think is awesome. And I just heard um, that they are in the process of selecting two riders from the U.S. who are going to go over there. So I think in the future they're going to be, you know, whether it's online or in the um, media in different ways, they're going to be covering what they learned there. But I just thought that that was really, really neat. No, it's it's great. And we actually had him on for an interview. Um, and I cannot remember what episode, but it was when they first opened their doors. So if you go back in our archives, you can actually hear him talking about the school and what what's happening there. Um, but it was fascinating. And, and we would love to have on whoever goes and, and hear about the experience. I think that would be phenomenal. I'm going to sign up. Personally. Um. And then the the last tip, and as some of your listeners will remember from the last time that I was on, I really like to pull a tip from the magazine that helps me in my own riding. And uh, U.S. Olympian Lisa Wilcox won this month in her Backpage Solutions, where we have that really nice visual with the short tip. And um, what she said is to develop outside control and power in the canter pirouette, Imagine you are getting impulsion from your horse's outside hind leg the way a person pushes with a skateboard to turn. That way your horse can take weight on the inside from forward. Oh, I'm sorry. That way your horse can take weight on the inside hind and is set up for correct rotation. And I really like this idea of power coming from forward rather than collection because I think we spend a lot of time in the pirouette trying to make it small and have it be a pirouette and we forget about the energy that we might focus on things like in the extended canter. So I really liked that as a tip. Oh, I think that's a great tip. I love your tips. I'm going to, I'm going to use these too, especially this <laughs> week 
As the kids are doing Young Riders, I love that idea. No, that's pirouettes. Great is, pirouettes are hard, so you're gonna need a lot of help with them, right? They are very, very hard, and um, I love that idea. And I, yeah. what I thought was interesting when I wrote it that. Um, if you guys try it out on your own and think about this, I thought what it would do is make me think about that outside pushing power as the skateboard. But what was really interesting to me is when I thought about it, I actually pictured myself on the skateboard. And if you guys do it right now, just in your seat, you might find that on the non-turning leg, the supporting leg, which would be your inside and the pirouette, I started to push just a touch more onto the ground as if I was stabilizing on a skateboard. But in the saddle, what that made me do is stay really tall on my inside so I didn't collapse in the pirouette like you see people incorrectly kind of leaning into it to turn. Instead, it really keeps the distance from your inside hip to your inside armpit taller, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah, yes. absolutely. That's a, it's a great idea. I mean, what I try and tell people, you know, with pirouettes is you really, the hardest part is keeping it forward and not keeping it small. Lots of horses will turn and pivot. So we, you know, in our barn, we try not to ride pirouettes very small, only like a couple of small pirouettes and then go right out to big pirouettes. And, and really another thing to keep that outside leg really working, I mean, is make sure your horse doesn't you know, go too much sideways from your outside leg. It's, the horse has to go forward and sideways from your from your turning leg, right? So I think uh, this is just all along those same ideas is, is you have to generate a lot of impulsion to make a good pirouette. And so that's awesome. Awesome tip. Yeah. And just the idea of that, that the power is what helps you with the collection, I think, is also just a really good thing to remember because we all have gotten into a pirouette and it sort of dies. So the idea of having that pushing power is really, it's a great, it's a great visual. Well, and I think the thing that's interesting is it's sort of that same thing that happens when you get into second level work. When you start to think of collection, it's that difference between collection being that shortening shuffling where you say, oh, I feel collected because it feels slower. And you can get that incorrectly by shortening the hind end ground cover, or you can get that by having a a larger step with the hind end. And I think that this is the same issue of making sure the pirouette is not happening because the horse is just planting their hind legs and spinning around. Instead, they're stepping more underneath themselves. So, um, And going back to that second level thing, I mean, how many horses do you see that step into shoulder in and especially Traver and like the, the speed, I mean, the impulsion gets cut like in half. Right, mm-hmm. you know, just because they're going sideways doesn't mean you can't cover as much ground, right? So, mm-hmm. ride forward into your lateral work, and you'll and you'll get good pirouettes and and good everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Well, as always, Hillary, those were awesome tips. Thank you so much. I can't wait to read the magazine. I hope mine's coming in the mail shortly. And um, but thank you again for coming on, and we always enjoy it. And um, keep the tips coming. Okay, thank you, and. Uh, Good luck to everyone at the NAJYRC this week. So Absolutely. I will talk with you guys soon. Well, Philip, that was a great um, piece from Hillary. She's great every month, and I look forward to it. So thank you for her for coming on. And after this next commercial break, we are going to talk with Doreen Rose. She is a listener, and she did a freestyle, and she's going to tell you a little bit about the process.
Coach Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. Do you worry when your horse doesn't drink enough? Well, of course you do. Being fully hydrated is your horse's first line of defense against minor issues becoming major ones. All Natural Horse Quencher is the product that helps even the fussiest drinkers drink more. Listen to what Chester Weber, winner of the USEF National Foreign Hand Championships, eight years running, has to say about Horse Quencher. One often doesn't know they need a product until they're introduced to it. Since I was introduced to Horse Quencher, I've been wildly impressed with its ability to keep the horses in the water buckets drinking, and it's given me real peace of mind. Take it from Chester Weber. Horse Quencher is the all-natural product you need to help your horses drink as much as they should. Ask for Horse Quencher at your local tack and feed store or online at horsequencher.com. It is so fun to have Doreen Rose on the show today. Doreen is a listener who wrote into Philip and I um, last fall asking for some help with uh, some freestyles and creating a freestyle. So as we like to do, we tried to get um, we try to bring an expert in whenever we can. Uh, and Philip and I can't answer the question. And this one I could not answer, um, on freestyles because, uh, I'm, I'm not an expert in that. I always use Marlene Whitaker and Marlene came on and Doreen, you were able to use that show to kind of propel you to do a freestyle. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and, um, how you got started with your freestyle? Sure, definitely. I had heard the show back in December, and I took a lot of notes. I pretty much wrote down everything she said to do. She had suggested this book, Dancing with Your Horse, which I got a copy of the book, and I read through that. And that uh, basically went through a lot of the stuff she had talked about on the show. Um, I got a metronome, and I measured the beats per minute for all of my horse's gates. So I figured out her walk, her trot, and her canter. And then from there, I looked up online a bunch of freestyle music databases and then once I had the numbers of the gates it just pulled up these lists of songs and uh, a lot of the songs I had never heard before so I had to go onto iTunes and listen to them and all the songs that I liked I bought and put onto my iPod and then I went to the barn and for several weeks I just rode to all the different songs uh, until I found a few that I really liked and not even just that I liked but that sounded good together because I would find a song here that I liked, but then it would not really sound good with maybe like the walk song I would like, but it wouldn't really work with the canter song that I had or the trot song. So it took a while to kind of get the, all the different songs together. And then after I did that, I learned how to use a music editing program called Audacity, which was really easy. I actually was able to download it for free. And any time I wanted to do something on it, all I had to do was Google, how do I do this? And then I would get instructions. So it was good enough for me to be able to put the portions of the songs that I wanted and then do just real basic, simple fade in and fade out from one song to the other. And then I started writing to it. Um, um, I'd say it took me about six months total to kind of put everything together. And the only problem I had doing it was that our arena at my barn is a little bit smaller than the arena that we actually ride in when we get to shows. So I had to sort of take that into consideration when I was setting my anchor points that I was going to have a little bit more room when I went to a real show. So uh, luckily my trainer brought us over to the barn, me and the other girls that were showing. We went over to the barn where the show was going to be this past weekend, a few days early. 
So I was able to get into the, cor- the correct size arena and practice and know where I needed to be at each spot of the ride. And then I rode it for the first time this past Sunday, and we did really, really well. It was the only freestyle that was in the show. I had actually asked permission to do a freestyle because uh, not that many people do freestyles at the schooling shows here on Long Island. But they were really excited when I said I wanted to do one. And I wrote it, and we did really well. We got a 73 on our first freestyle, so I was very excited. Awesome. Fantastic. We're, we're very glad to hear your story. Do you have any advice for, I mean, you went through the process and, and you, you know, followed the tips. And, and, and what's your advice for somebody who wants to, to do their freestyle? Uh, I would say the main thing is to give yourself a lot of time because, uh, I think when I didn't know that much about freestyles, I kind of figured you just found a song that you liked and you wrote to it and that was all you had to do. And it was really a lot more work than that. <laughs> it is. So, um, yeah, it was <laughs> It, it was hard trying to get the hoof beats to go with the music. And then uh, the other thing that was tricky is uh, when I show, sometimes my horse is a little slow and she can be a little sluggish. And then other days we go into the arena and she gets really excited and she goes a lot faster. So... Um, I had to practice it a lot to kind of know how much I had to control her and sort of I had to practice it on days where she was really forward and then practice it on other days when she didn't really want to move that much. And um, I would say just a lot of practice and leave yourself a lot of time. And, and I had to do a lot of revisions too. Like I, I would think it was good and then I would watch it on video and then realize I didn't like it and I had to change this and change that. So I think that's what took most of the, uh, most of the time in the process is just finding exactly what you want to look like and, and leaving yourself time to make a lot of mistakes and uh, being able to fix things up to make them better throughout the whole process. That, that's the best that, That's the best advice because I, I had a pony clubber come to me uh, last year and say, oh, I need, a, I need a freestyle. And I said, oh, great, you're riding it in the fall? She said, no, I'm riding it next week. And I was like... Next Are week. you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh! So I and, and, and thankfully it was a it was a kid in high school, and so I think she did. She spent literally an entire week, and she had certain things she had to do, and it was just not enough time, and it was not an enjoyable process. And the horse hated yeah, it, and she hated it. Probably be very stressful. It's very. very I stressful. was. I think I was really stressed out from it. But it is. It is something that that you can do. It just. You're absolutely right. Give yourself time, and then it's a more fun process, and it's not so stressful. So um, I, that's my advice I give to people too. Give yourself some time. So very, very good. Well, Doreen, thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us your story. And we can't wait to continue to hear how your success goes with your freestyle and your journey. So please keep us up to date with it. I will, definitely. And thank you for doing that show because for me that was a really big help. That's what we like to hear. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Well, Philip, that was a great day and a great show. So I hope you have a wonderful week and you stay cool. I'm going to try. I mean, I'll do my best. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We've got another horse show coming up this weekend. I'm just going to be coaching uh, a group of a great group of students. So I'm looking forward to that. I think they're all doing really well. And uh, maybe we'll bring home some ribbons. But uh, we'll just hope for a great time. Enjoy the journey, man. The ribbons are great. That's the journey. But it's all about the journey. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. And I'll have some firsthand, um, we'll talk about young riders next week and let you know how it goes and what happens at the high performance meetings. So looking forward to the rest of the week here in Lexington. It's a fun week to have everybody in town. So, uh, we will bring all of that to you next week. 
And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com, and you can always email me at philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for this week, and don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. 